Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! We are back for another week. We are on to the divisional round of the playoffs. This slate looks amazing. We got Matty D rocking with us, and we got a special guest, man of his word, driving back from the happiest place on earth, Disney World. He's in a car full of kids, and he's he's right here. He's talking down the slate. Is D bro from the Fantasy Pros? Hope you all are doing well. Chiefs are going to win by a hundred this week. How you guys doing? <laughs> Oh man, it's good stuff, man. I'm um you know, there's nothing better than talking DFS when you got a car a uh, car full of kids and you're probably gonna be driving all night. But hey, I'm a man of my word. I said I'd be here and I wasn't gonna let Kev like talk shit about me not being here. So Did you, did you uh get any uh did you get any butterbeer for the road? Uh, no, I did not, sadly, but I did consume enough to, uh, in Harry Potter that I, like, I got a freaking stomach ache. This stuff's so sweet. But it's like, they're like Pringles, man. Like, once you, like, get <laughs> yeah. one, you just keep rolling, man. Yeah, they're really good. That is a staple of Disney World there. Yes, sir. Well, we do have a good slate. And Maddie actually has a team, and his Dallas Cowboys um, rolled on and just uh, beat the hell out of, out, of, out of Tampa Bay and the Tom Brady Bucks. So there's Man. two of us here that have teams, and the other one, Debro, he's a Saints fan. I mean, God have mercy on his soul because they're terrible. But uh, hey, uh, Kev, at least two of us get to have excitement this weekend. USOB, you had to bring it up, didn't you? Yeah, I think I think Dallas has a shot to beat San Fran. Uh, we talked about Agreed. a pre-show. We Agreed. talked about a pre-show that San Fran's defense has been kind of fraudulent over the last you know month, month and a half, um, and and. It's it's really going to come down to how how the Cowboys can play on offense because I, I think both teams will put up points, but it's just going to be a matter of which team scores more. I think so. Um, that game should be fun, and and hopefully Dallas can can sneak out a win. We'll see. All right, let's just get into it. So position by position, like we do every single week, like we have all year. Let's start at the top with the quarterbacks with Patrick Mahomes at eight K. Then you have Josh Allen at seventy eight hundred, Jalen Hurts at seventy six. Joey Burrow at 65, Dak Prescott at 61, and then you have Trevor Lawrence at 6K, Daniel Jones at 58, and Brock Purdy at 5,400. I think conventional wisdom this week is going to be paying up at quarterback, paying for Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts or maybe even Josh Allen or possibly paying down. Now, paying down this week, I'm going to be honest, I like I loved Daniel Jones last week. I was all about Daniel Jones. The first thing I talked about was that I think he's the best quarterback on the slate. And uh, he came through. He smashed last week. This isn't the spot that I want to go back to Daniel Jones against uh, against a team uh, that like the Eagles. Um, if I'm going to be paying up a quarter or paying down a quarterback on this slate, it's going to go to Trevor Lawrence, who's 6K. 
Um, I just can't go to Daniel Jones. Yes, Daniel Jones makes a lot of sense because of what he does done on the ground. They've basically gotten to the point with him where the, that he runs the ball, you know, as much as you know guys like Jalen Hurts does at this point, and he's able to do that. But I just don't know if the passing game is going to be able to be there like we saw last week, throwing for over 300 yards against the Vikings. So I just can't pay down for Daniel Jones. But what are you guys looking at this week? Matt, do you want to take this and I'll uh, chime in? Yeah. Um... I think if you're paying up, for me, it's it's Hurts or Mahomes. Um, I think we get it, either get a, a vintage Mahomes performance here at home, and we we know the whole Andy Reid coming off a bye thing. Um, and, and the Chiefs already played Jacksonville once this year, and Mahomes went absolutely nuclear, scored 35 DK points in that game. Um, and Mahomes, you don't really think about it, but he actually, for as much as we talk about playing Jalen Hurts for his rushing upside, Mahomes has pretty much half the the rushing production that that Hurts has this year. So you can't really discredit Mahomes with his legs. Um, I mean, he's got about half the yardage and a little less than half the, the rushing touchdowns, but he's definitely still a threat to to you know have rushing production. So, you know, it isn't all just on the the arm of Patrick Mahomes. So I think that, you know, paying all the way up to 8K is very interesting. Um, especially considering I really love Travis Kelsey this week and um, they, they, uh, teams have been attacking Jacksonville through the past over the last few weeks as well. Um, you can't, you know, they've been a solid run defense and, and Kansas city, you know, it was one of the first couple games that when they played Jacksonville, that McCole Hardman had been out and McKinnon only had one carry, but he had eight targets. So, you know, it, it's, it's just a, such a good spot for the two main guys that we want to play from Kansas city. And that's McKinnon and that's Travis Kelsey. Uh, tight ends and running backs have had a lot of success in the past game against Jacksonville. So it's a very easy stack to, to just play Mahomes, Kelsey, and, and McKinnon. The The trick is just making sure you run pure with the the touchdown variants because <laughs> the Chiefs are just like the Bills and, and um, 49ers where touchdowns can go to anybody. Um, like, you know, a backup offensive lineman can catch a one-yard touchdown. So things can get weird. Uh, but it has been, you know, the majority of the time it's been McKinnon and, and Kelsey that are heavily involved in the red zone with with some Kadarius Tony rushing attempts as well. So um, I think it's an easy stack uh, for me this week if you're playing Mahomes. And then if you're playing Jalen Hurts, uh, a reason to like him is because his pass catchers are going to be unowned uh, this week. Nobody wants to play A.J. Brown. Nobody wants to play Devontae Smith. Uh, Dallas Goddard's probably going to be the fourth highest owned tight end. Uh, behind Schultz, Ingram, and, and Kelsey. So it's if you're playing Hurts, you're, yes, you're playing him for his ceiling based on his legs, but his pass catchers have showed they have ceilings this year too. So I really like, you know, the Giants, I mean, they just got smoked by TJ Hawkinson uh, twice in the last four weeks. So tight ends against, against the Giants are definitely a thing. Um, I mean, even receivers against them. And, and yes, they did get a Dory Jackson back. The Giants did. Uh, and he's their top corner, and and you know he did he did respectable cover, covering Justin Jefferson last week. But I mean, when you have both AJ Brown and uh, Devontae Smith out there, it's a little hard to you know you have to pick and choose your battles, right? Of which which guy you want to cover. It's not like Minnesota where it's you know the next best guy is KJ Osborne and Adam Thielen. So it's you know Devontae Smith is is a legit. He'd be a wide receiver one if if AJ Brown was not uh, opposite him there in Philly. So. Um, I have I have heavy interest in playing Hertz stacked up with you know one or two of Goddard Smith and AJ Brown just because it's going to be you know lower owned and that's such a high high ceiling spot at home against the Giants. Um, and then if if paying down, 
I have a lot of interest in Dak Prescott and you know, it's, it's such a tournament play because you know, the Dallas offense could no show like they did two weeks ago uh, against Washington. Um, but then again, you cannot run on San Francisco at all. Uh, you have to throw to have success against them. And we've seen the San Francisco defense has been, like I said, a little fraudulent over the last couple of weeks, especially against the pass. Uh, they gave up a ton of production to Jarrett Stidham th- over 300 yards. Um, and Devontae, Devontae Adams crushed that game as well. So uh, I think it's a really good spot for Dak and, and CeeDee Lamb. This is such a good CeeDee Lamb spot after last week where Tampa Bay made it a point to double cover him and they let Dallas you know, beat them through Gallup and, and Schultz. I don't think that's going to be the case this, this week. I think Lamb can have a big game. Uh, we've seen wide receiver ones have a big game against San Fran. Um, and, and such a good spot for a tight end as well. So all uh, the same thing with, with the chiefs, it's so easy to just stack up Dallas with, with Dak lamb and, and Schultz. And that one's actually more affordable. So, um, and it's, I think it's going to be lower owned too. Uh, but that game, I think that game could end up as the biggest shootout of the weekend. Personally. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to get to Purdy. I know he nuked the slate last week with 37 DK points, but I mean, out of, seven or eight starts. I mean, that's only a second one above 20 and his other one was only 21 points. So I don't know. I I, I don't think I'm going to get there. I think I'd rather just play Dak or, or Trevor Lawrence for a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I, look, I, there's so many different ways to go at quarterback on the slate because like legit, how many different guys, like every one of these starting quarterbacks pretty much has 30 point upside. Like Purdy showed us that Daniel Jones showed us that Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, like, all Dak, like all of these guys have 30 point upside. So it's like you could talk yourself into a lot of different ways to go at quarterback. I think that the popular constructions are going to be either pay up for one of Josh Allen, Hurts, or Mahomes, or go down to Daniel Jones or Purdy. I think the middle guys are really, really interesting as far as like I think they're going to get squeezed. And like I say squeeze, I know like we're never worried about chocolate quarterbacks and stuff like that. Like they're all spread out and stuff. But like I think if if one or two of those guys disappoint, one of these middle round middle guys like Lawrence or Burrow or Dak pops up with a big game, that could be another leverage point on this slate and getting different. And this I mean, the other thing about this slate, guys, is I'm like every one of these freaking games like has a high total. So it's like you can't really just X out any of these games and say, okay, well, like last week with Cincinnati and Baltimore, okay, the total is garbage. Like nobody wants to play that. So I think part of it is if you're going to play a lot, one of these quarterbacks that is going to be more popular, it's like, how are you getting different with your, your stack? Are you game stacking? Are you just going to go like, instead of double stacking, are you triple stacking and saying, okay, like the quarterback goes for three fifty and four, um, which I think is viable with a lot of these different guys. Um, so, I mean, you know, this is all to say that, like, you can talk yourself into a lot of different ways to go with quarterback. I think my favorites for this slate are going to be Mahomes. Um, it's going to be Hurts. Um, Allen's always in play. But I just I, – if I'm going up, I'd much rather play Mahomes. I'd much rather play Hurts. I think that both of them – and I love the fact that you brought up Mahomes' rushing equity, Maddie, because – We've seen this time and time again. Like, the playoffs come, and Patrick Mahomes runs. The splits every single year, regular season versus postseason, are big as far as him running versus him not running. And if you look at also, like, the Jacksonville Jaguars are not blitzing a ton, but they're top five in pressure. 
So if they're going to pressure and get at Mahomes, screw it. He might run for like 50 or 60 yards. And the leverage point on Mahomes and getting different with that stack is don't play Jarrett McKinnon. Jared McKinnon is going to play 30 or 40% of the snaps. He's going to be one of the highest on players of the slate and play Kelsey and play Juju because Trey Herndon last week for Jacksonville was the one covering the slot. He is absolute booty. Like, so with him going against Juju, this could be like Juju's been all over the map all year. Like this could be one of those Juju games where he goes for like 12 targets and he scores once or twice. So I think it's ways like that. Like, how are you going to get different with your stacks? And looking for some of the lower on quarterback plays because Dimes and Purdy coming off of really high ceiling games, I think are going to be extremely like they could be the the more popular quarterbacks this week and surprise people when we turn over the cards. So I really like the Dak call because San Francisco, like Dallas is not going to be able to run on San Francisco. So how are they going to move the ball? They're going to have to freaking throw. I really like Dak and Joe Burrow if you're trying to be different because Buffalo last week, like, you can throw on Buffalo. As long as you're not throwing at Tredavious White, you can throw on Buffalo. Like, Teron Johnson in the slot has been terrible. T. Higgins, we've seen him pop off for big games. He is going to go overlooked because everybody's going to say, okay, well, we all know that Joe Burrow's ceiling in most different cases is correlated highly to Jamar Chase. It's a freaking four-game slate, guys. So, like, what if it – like, we saw it last week. It's like everybody wants to play these high high price wide receivers. It's like, well, if the chalk busts, then the way you get leverage is getting different with your stacks. So, if you're playing Burrow, don't play Chase. Play T and play Tyler Boyd. So, that's really, like, how I'm going to approach this slate. It's getting different with stacks. Um, I'm going to get exposure to a lot of these different quarterbacks. But if I'm going to, like, the short list of guys that I love on this slate, it's Mahomes – it's um, Jalen Hurts, um, Dak, and, and Burrow, honestly. So, you know, I, I you neither one of you really talked much about Trevor Lawrence. Like, the reason I like Trevor Lawrence is because, one, this is a team that throws the ball at a very high rate. Um, it, it doesn't really matter where it is. They're also eighth in red zone attempts on the year. And this is the Chiefs are a team that forces you to, to throw the ball, right? And they're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with the Chiefs. And so – you're not really worried about whether 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 they get ahead or, or whether they fall behind. They're going to have to keep their, their foot on the pedal this entire time. It's the highest total game on the slate. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence is somebody that's going to get overlooked here. Uh, the, the pass catchers here are very viable, I think, in, in this game. And something that you guys mentioned is that, you know, the, the touchdowns go all over the place. Like, would it surprise you if Isaiah Pacheco, you know, runs in two touchdowns in that game and takes a couple touchdowns away? Like, it's all possible because of the way this team functions and – so, like, I think Trevor Lawrence makes a ton of sense. A team that throws the ball at a very high rate, like I said. And, you know, we've seen in the second half of the season, Trevor Lawrence really kind of come to life here and really look like the guy he was and uh, the guy we thought he was going to be. And uh, he's starting to run the ball a little bit more as well. So he has that in his bag of tricks as well here. And, you know, and I so the way I look at this, and I, th- I think you, you can stack this up pretty well, and it's really not an expensive stack compared to, you know, all the other stacks. Like, th- this, this is a team that doesn't have a stud here to stack with, right? Like you have Christian Kirk, who is what, 6K. Then you have Zay Jones. Both of those guys are pretty much interchangeable in how and how, how they're utilized. Both have around a 23% target share in their offense. Evan Ingram is very boomer bust, but, you know, we'll talk about him later. But, you know, he's, he's a viable option. Even Marvin Jones, somebody that has uh, seen six or more targets in five of his last games. But for the most part, I think you can look stack, you know, somebody like Trevor Lawrence. And then you could run it back with a Travis Kelsey 
and you can still get access to Travis Kelsey here because you're right. Travis Kelsey in the playoffs is is a completely different beast. I think he scored like 11 touchdowns uh, with Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Uh, and so, like, I, I do think Travis Kelsey is 100% viable. And I could see him not carrying the ownership he should because of how expensive he is. And, and so when I when I look at some of at this slate and the options here, you know, Kansas City um, does struggle um, against tight ends. They love the sixth most tight ends to touch uh, to tight ends, but they also struggle heavily against wide receivers. They love the seventh most DK points to wide receivers. They allow the third most uh, pass or third most receiving touchdowns as well. So this is a very uh, a good slate for you know for Jacksonville to be able to throw all over this t- uh, to be able to throw the ball here you know they have seen him once before and so you know and doug peterson is, is somebody that we know is going to be a guy who's going to go forward on fourth down so extend drives be able to give them more opportunities as well um and so i just think here uh trevor lawrence i think is somebody that's going to go overlooked and i think it he shouldn't and i think he's easy access to get you know make a cheap stack here and then be able to pay up at some of the other options and so um, i think there are going to be a lot of people that that, that do travel to christian kirk um, because of the big game he's coming off of and looking at the box score the first time they played. And in that game where Christian Kirk uh, saw, what, 12 targets, nine catches, 105 yards, and two scores. But Zay Jones also saw 10 targets in that game, eight catches, 68 yards. Um, and so, you know, with Zay, I, I, I think he is 100% playing well, and he's probably not going to carry the same ownership. So I, th- I, th- I think this is a very good stack to get to in, in that game that we want to play. You can still play some of the, you know, the KC side. And maybe you just don't play Mahomes, but I think it also allows you to get a little bit different. It also allows you to get access to some of the other higher price guys. If you start, you if you want to get Christian or uh, Christian McCaffrey or somebody like that in there, I think it makes it a little bit easier to play somebody like Trevor Lawrence. Because if I, if I'm paying down a quarterback, I am not paying Daniel, playing Daniel Jones, and I'm not playing mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. No, Give me Trevor Lawrence, who's who's what a couple hundred dollars less or yep. more expensive, and. Uh, who who is uh, you know we're guaranteed he's gonna throw the ball a ton he's, he's he has rushing upside uh, in him as well a good matchup against Kansas City who struggles against uh, you know against quarterbacks out the fourth most DK points to quarterbacks the most passing touchdowns to quarterbacks top eight in passing yards allowed so like there's a lot to like here with Trevor Lawrence this week and so if I'm gonna be paying down at quarterback it's going to be Trevor Lawrence I I love that call Kev and yeah we. I, I shouldn't have lost Trevor T. Law, but the, the the biggest thing that I want to take away from everything you just said about Trevor Lawrence and, and what we talked about previously was knowing where the damn ball goes and knowing where yeah. touchdowns go. It's an easy stack. I, I, you can make a great case that the easiest way or the easiest team to know where the touchdowns go is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, legit in their passing game, it's going to be Kirk. It's going to be Ingram or it's going to be Zay. And that's all their passing touchdowns. Outside of like some like 20 yards and a touchdown out of Marv, which fine, you get the exposure by playing T-Law. And they're not using ETN in the passing game. So like I, the more you talked about it, the more I'm like, damn it, Trevor Lawrence is probably one of the better plays, if not the best play on the slate, because he's his, his pass catchers are cheap. They've All of them have shown us 30-point ceilings. Like, Kirk has a 30-point ceiling. Say has a 30-point ceiling. Evan Ingram has a 30-point ceiling. Like, and Trevor Lawrence has showed a 30-point ceiling. So, like, we know where the ball goes. Cheap pass catchers. And all of them have 30-point ceilings. Yeah, I mean, the more Kev talks about it, I'm like, shit, I'm going to play a crap ton of T-Law now. Well, I mean, I, and I think a lot of it, too, is just because of the team you're playing, right? Every time you play the, the Chiefs, teams just throw all over them. They, they've had the 
third most pass attempts against them on the season. Like everybody knows you just you just throw against them. That's why it's the complete opposite against the run. Like teams just aren't running the ball against them. I think they've had like the third or fourth fewest rush attempts against them on the year because they force you to throw the ball. And teams just go in with that mindset of we're going to have to throw the ball in this game. And they, they almost abandon the run. Uh, and you hear it all the time. And it drives me crazy because you listen to a lot of like pregames and all the stuff. Everybody always talks about, oh, this team needs to establish the run and all the stuff like Shut the fuck up. Like, that's never going to happen. You do not try to run the ball against the Chiefs and try to take the ball out of Mahomes' hands. Like, that that doesn't happen. Like, you, no team. No, you got to freaking score points. Yeah, you, you got to go ahead. Points, you got to throw the ball. You got to get close up chunk plays and you got to score. You know, and, and so this whole mindset of, oh, oh well, you know, they're, they're going to go in and, you know, Travis Etienne is going to get the ball 25 times because they're going to try to, you know, take the ball out of Mahomes' hands is so stupid. It doesn't happen. It, that's it's, what. It's funny because when you when you try to run the ball that much and then you you know you, you pick up two first downs and then you punt and then the Chiefs you know score on the first play of the next drive it's like the Chiefs only need 30 seconds to score so like quote unquote 13 taking, actually sir 13 yeah 13 so quote unquote taking the ball out of his hands you know is, is the most un No it's the most egregious it's thing asinine. I've ever heard it's in my dumb. life they can point. they can do it so fast. Like it, there is no there is no such thing as taking the ball out of their hands. The other part about this game is that both of these run defenses are really good. So yeah. both of these teams are going to have to throw, yep. like to move the ball. So like we might just see a game where and and honestly, the thing that infuriated me last week about about Jacksonville was like they didn't use ETN enough in the early in the game. Like Law was throwing all these picks. But Peterson kept throwing the freaking ball. Like, ETN did not have much usage in the first half. So, like, now if we're talking about another matchup where Kansas City has been really good versus uh, rushing rushing attacks. Yes, they give up a lot of production, but ETN doesn't get used in the passing game um, to running backs. So, it's like, okay, well, Jacksonville's just going to chuck the damn ball. They're going to go, like, Buffalo and chuck the ball, like, 45, 50 times, and ETN's going to get, like, 14 carries. Well, and, and also, too, it's not – I mean – we're not we're not talking about a you know a average quarterback here. Like Trevor Lawrence has been arguably you know a top five quarterback down the stretch of the season. I know he's ranked you know at the top of of every single quarterback metric there is on the board. Um, you know, of course, not the not the week in Detroit when I played him at the King of the Beach. Of course, you know that's the week that you know he didn't do anything. <laughs> but but besides that, I'm not salty about that or anything. Maybe maybe I just have a blind spot for Trevor Lawrence because of what what he did to me that week, but. No, I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense. And the more we talk about it, the more I like him. So, so all right. So, I mean, we pretty much hit through all the quarterbacks. And we're going to talk about their pass catchers anyway. So, I think we could probably move on to running backs. I mean, I don't think there's anything else to say about the, the quarterbacks. Or is there anything else you guys want Great. to Great. I'm good. No, let's move. All right, so we got so we got running back. We got Chris McCaffrey, who's 8K. Saquon is at 79. And then you have Joe Mixon, who's 6,500. Travis Etienne is 6,400. Uh, Tony Pollard is 6,100. Jarek McKinnon is 6K. Miles Sanders, Isaiah Pacheco, Zeke Elliott's dusty ass, Devin Singletary make up the, uh, all the running backs that are above 5K. And I guess if you want to throw in, you got James Cook and uh, Eli Mitchell, who are probably maybe somewhat in play, if you, depending on how you want to look at it here. But for the most part here at running back this week, I think it's it's kind of straightforward. Um, I do think Jarek McKinnon offers a lot of boomer bust potential here because he is not somebody who sees a ton of usage. He's basically been a wide receiver. It's basically what they, they, they've made him into. 
because he's only seen eight carries twice since week nine. So he's averaging 5.4 targets per game over that span. But the thing is, he scored nine touchdowns over his last six weeks. And that's where the, the bulk of all of his production has come from. Now, he's been really good as a pass catcher. He's eighth in yards per out run among all running backs, fourth in receiving yards, and ninth in reception. So, like, he's definitely been utilized heavily in that way. Um, but he's very touchdown dependent, right? And if he's going to carry a ton of ownership, like, yes, he could burn you. He can get 30, uh, he can get 30 DK points for sure. But he's also, you know, he could also get you eight. And at 6K, is it really, is he really worth, or even 10 or 12? And he maybe finds the end zone, you know, whatever. Um, I think this, I think we could see a little bit, some things that are different. We'll talk about it at wide receiver. But because I do think right now, I was, uh, we thought McCole Hardman was going to be back. He's not. And so if there is a chance, I guess Clyde Rizzi-Lair could be back. I don't give a fuck about Clyde Rizzi-Lair. Uh, he was kind of getting phased out before he got hurt, so that doesn't really matter to me. I still think it's between him and Pacheco in this offense. But I do think Jarek McKinnon has, is one of the more volatile options here on this slate as well. And so he does worry me. But I also think Miles Sanders is going to carry uh, more ownership because this is a matchup. The Giants struggle against the run. They are not very good against opposing running backs. We've seen Miles Sanders already uh, once this year go off for 17 carries, 144 yards, and two scores um, in a game against this team. Uh, you know, week 14. But I also think it's it, like I, I'm not playing Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts together. I think it, it is negatively correlates together. So I think you have to make a decision there on if you're going to play him. I don't think you have to play Miles Sanders, but he's he's intriguing at $5,700. But he's also, again, very boomer bust because it's, it's definitely possible that, you know, again, we saw him, you know, in a game that they played, you know, week 18. Now, again, you know, that was a game I don't think they were really trying their hardest, but 11 carries, 33 yards. So he can definitely burn you because he's not utilizing the passing game at all. So if he doesn't score a touchdown, he is very, very touchdown dependent in that way. So if he's going to be really high, high owned, I think there's better options that I think uh, carry a little bit better leverage off of Miles Sanders because if he does not score, he is not, uh, he is not going to uh, be in the op. Yeah, I guess my, my only counter argument to, you know, needing to rely on McKinnon and, and Sanders for touchdowns because of the lack of pass game usages. We don't really have any pass catching running backs on this slate that are, you know, in a great spot. Like, I mean, Pollard, yes, but he's not, you know, not a good spot against San Francisco. Um, obviously McCaffrey uh, and Saquon's not in a good matchup and had, I think his lowest DK output of the year was like six points against Philly when they played uh, back in, what was it? Week 14 or 16 or whatever it was. Um so, yeah, I, mean, I think they also got the doors blown off them too. So, which is, I mean, concerning. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, sure, it's possible, but I, the thing that, that about this game, though, that does concern me a little bit is the, the fact that this is the third time that these teams have faced each other, and just just weird things tend to happen, right? Like, and so, like, honestly, I would not be shocked if the Giants beat the, uh, beat the Eagles. That may be a hot take. I don't know. Oh no, I, I totally agree. I, I don't I think totally it's that agree. hot to think the Giants could beat uh, the Eagles. Um, but I do think Saquon Barkley uh, is the guy that we would probably say, I think at least overall, the, the Eagles have struggled at times this year against, against the run. They have gotten better against that, you know, re, as a re, especially some of the signings they've made and stuff like that. But Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey both uh, could get 10 targets in this game, uh, you know, either one of their games. Like that's, that, that's not really all that surprising considering, you know, they're kind of the, the cog to make their offenses really run. I know the Giants last week had Isaiah Hodgins really pop off, but um, Saquon Barkley uh, certainly could get ten could get ten targets, but he's also seventy nine hundred dollars. So there's a big di- price yeah. difference in those guys. Right. I get that. I, I'm not saying to avoid Jarek McKinnon or don't play Jarek McKinnon. My only point to this is he is very touchdown dependent. 
because he's right. not going to see 20 touches in this game. No, he, no, it's not going to happen. I, t- I totally agree. And, and on a, you know, on a full slate, I would, I would be totally on board with just, you know, full fading a, a chalky Jarek McKinnon for the, for those reasons. It's just when you have to pick somebody else to play, like I'm, I'm playing Christian McCaffrey 100% because he's been heavily involved in the past game Same. when, when their games, when their games have stayed close. Um, and while, you know, Dallas has actually been torched on the ground, uh, you know, not last week, but a couple weeks prior. Um, hey, Rashad White had a decent game last week. He did have a decent game. So it's like, I, I just think. And, you know, McCaff- and just to throw this out there, Rashad White has been terrible this year. Yeah. I know nobody wants has. to hear that shit, but he cannot <laughs> break a tackle to save his life. Just to throw that in there. Yeah, no, I mean, he looked he looked solid on the ground and, you know, was he-, he was the he- running back that was heavily involved uh, in the past game there. So. I think McCaffrey smashes this week because I think it's going to be a close shootout. Um, so I am jamming him in an 8K. And I think, you know, he's – he. You know, the more we talk about it, you know, McCaffrey may end up a little lower owned because, you know, everybody's worried about Elijah Mitchell. And um, Mitchell, while, yes, Mitchell has definitely taken away some some opportunities from McCaffrey, especially at the goal line, um, you know, a lot of Mitchell's opportunities come in these blowouts where San Francisco's up by, you know, two or three touchdowns. You go back and look through uh, McCaffrey's game log. Uh, so when they played the 37-34 shootout with Vegas, McCaffrey had nine targets. Uh, the Seattle game in week 15 where they only won by one possession, McCaffrey had eight targets. The Miami game where Purdy, that was the first week that Purdy came in because of uh, Jimmy G getting hurt. McCaffrey had 10 targets in that game. They they did win by two possessions, but I think that was like a late score that they had there. So that game was close throughout too. So eight, nine, and 10 targets in, in the three games that, you know, San Francisco has played rather close. Um, the, all the others have been blowouts. Uh, so I, I'm all on McCaffrey here, and I think he's the only legit pass-catching running back that we have. Um, like I said, Pollard, yes, but it, it's such a terrible matchup that I'm not really interested in playing him. So I, you have to have interest in McKinnon. He has taken on the, the red zone pass-catching role uh, ever since McCole Hardman got hurt. Uh, he's, he's, you know, Hardman was scoring a ton of touchdowns, especially in the red zone, uh, before he, before he got injured and, and it's, they've all gone to McKinnon since, um, and, and couple that with the fact that CEH got hurt as well. And, and Pacheco's not really used in the past game. So it just, you know, he's one of their main guys. It's, it's been working for him. I'm not sure that there's enough resistance from the Jags to be something that Kansas city wants to get away from just. I mean, the Jags give up a ton of ton of receptions to running backs, so I'm not you know concerned with matchup there. And then Miles, the the argument for Miles Sanders, um, outside of the matchup being really good, is he actually was playing through a knee injury the last couple of weeks of the season, uh, and I think he played the last two games with a knee brace on, and he is fully off the injury report this week and is practicing in full. So that is. That is the one, you know, we talked about DeAndre Swift in the same in the same way, uh, you know, down the stretch when when Swift came off the injury report completely, he ended up nuking that that slate, I think. I think that was his, you know, first or second 20, 20 plus DK point game of the of the year. Um, I think same thing for Miles Sanders. Like they got away from using him, and I think it's because he was hurt. Um, but now he's he seems to be fully healthy. He's not wearing a brace anymore, uh, and he is completely off the injury report. So I think we could see a hundred plus yards and it's in a score out of Miles Sanders. And I, I completely agree with Kev that I don't know that I would play Sanders and Hertz together. 
uh, and it feels like such a good spot. Like if you're not playing Hurts, I just don't see the Eagles getting shut down. So if you're not playing Hurts, the production's got to come from somewhere. And I, I would bet on a $5,700 Miles Sanders is definitely a good place to, to place a bet. So um, that's pretty much where I'm going to live at running back is those those three guys, Sanders, McKinnon, and, and CMC. Um, I played James Cook last week, but I just don't think I'm going to get there this week against Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll throw this out here right now. I'm locking CMC. I'm playing 100% CMC, like straight up. Like that game, for every all the reasons Maddie said, um, you play CMC. He's the best play running back on the slate. You just lock him and you move on. It does not matter. He is the one running back that like legit can break the slate. Uh, I don't see Bark. So the way that I think the popular builds are going to go this week, everybody's, I think, CMC and or Barkley, and then they're going to pay down for either Sanders or McKinnon. Or people are going to say, I'm going to play McKinnon and Sanders. I yeah, think I think, I think the McKinnon-Sanders combo is going to be pretty popular. Agreed. I think that the way another way that you – and this is, again, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence having a cheap stack. Like, it yep. is possible – to play CMC and Jamin Barkley. And I don't think you're going to see a lot of teams that do that. I think that that is going to auto make your team different. I think that it's possible. I think that there is enough um, value on this slate and ways to get different that you can do that. And they're the two best. I mean, like legit, like they're the only two running backs in this whole freaking slate that you could say are going to play 70% of the snaps and Jared McKinnon being so damn chalky, like he's at six K I like him as a play, but if he's going to be one of the most highest owned running backs on this slate, give me the leverage, dude. Like, he's going to play 30 to 40% of the snaps. He's only running routes on 40 to 48% of the route uh, dropbacks. So, like, you're, you're really asking, like, he has to run hot and continue to run hot on touchdowns. Now, that can absolutely happen. The other thing that can absolutely happen, and we saw it previously, like, Kadarius Tony could get gadget plays and could get the red zone work. Like, you play Kadarius Tony yep. for the leverage off of a chalky as hell. Like, to me, Well, McKinnon also, Travis feels, Kelsey can, can catch four touchdowns in one game, yes. too. McKinnon feels like the most fragile chalk on this whole slate, and everybody is so damn sure of it that, like, I honestly just want to full fade McKinnon. I want to lock CMC. And I want to play either Miles Sanders or I'm going to jam in Saquon Barkley and just move the hell on to other positions. There's certain things we have to remember, too, because like <clears throat> if you go back and look when Jarek McKinnon played the Jaguars, when they played the Jaguars, McKinnon saw eight targets in that game, which was like the second most targets he's seen since he's really kind of jumped on the scene. But I also have to remember, Juju Smith-Schuster in that game got knocked out in the first half. Uh, knocked the fuck out, uh, you know, whenever uh, Cisco laid him out and he went to a concussion. Yep. Um, yep. MVS is garbage. And then that was Kadarius Tony's first game. But you have to remember, too, with Kadarius Tony, he got injured in that game. And I think he only played yep. in the first half. And so but Kadarius Tony was actually having a big game in that, in that game before he left with injury. So they didn't have anybody else to throw the ball to because everybody got hurt. Nicole Hardman was out. Um, and so with this, like, I do 100% agree that Kadarius Tony. Could be him, could be that guy, like the guy they've been holding back. 
they've utilized in certain different ways. They got him in some different packs. He's only averaging 8.3 routes per game. And so people are going to stay away from Kadarius Tony. And I think Kadarius Tony could be the guy that they look to Agreed. utilize. And that's a lot of stuff they did with McCole Hardman earlier in the year. McCole, they love to get him on jet sweeps. They love to get him on screens. And I think this is exactly what they want to do with Kadarius Tony. And they just kind of been nursing him along, get him through. Now we're into the playoffs. Okay, now everything's now everything's off. The baby gloves are off, and it's time to go. And that's what worries me about Jarek McKinnon. I'm not saying, and I think Jarek McKinnon. I'm not saying Jarek McKinnon is a bad play, but just like you said, uh, Debro, he is 100% super fragile. If you look at even over the last few weeks, he hasn't been seeing crazy targets. He saw three week 16 against Seattle, six against Denver, and three against the Raiders. And he played all those snaps. He played normal usage. What got him over the hump? was touchdowns. And if he doesn't score a touchdown, you are going to be really upset that you played Jarek McKinnon. And it worries me for a player that you're paying that might see the ball eight, eight to ten times in the game and that he's going to have to score a touchdown for him to come through. I'm not saying you can't play him. If you're playing in a stack and you want to put him in there, fine. And he's not somebody I'm jamming in. Yeah, we've we've t- we've talked about this too earlier this year when, you know, just from like a building roster standpoint is like you want to think about pre-touchdown uh, performance and then tack on two touchdowns to to what you're expecting. And if if you tack on those two touchdowns, is it, you know, is the guy just barely hitting value for what you what you're looking for or is he breaking the slate? Cuz you know, we talked about Austin Eckler before he, you know, he went he was like what, 3 weeks before he scored a touchdown and we were like, you know, Eckler's still getting, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20 DK points and he scored zero touchdowns. If you all of a sudden give Eckler three touchdowns in a game, which is possible, you know, he's he's breaking the slate with, you know, 35 to 40 DK points. And sure enough, what did he do? He scored three touchdowns that, that week we talked about it. And so it's like, okay, if I play Jarek McKinnon and he gets me two touchdowns, like he's he's hitting value, but he's not necessarily breaking the slate too. But you're so also like, hand-holding. You're going to be hand-holding with and, everybody and on you're the gonna, yeah, you're gonna be, slate. You're going to be you're gonna be building a, a team that's very similar to what everybody else has. And so, yes, I, I – good play but it's like you need that those two touchdowns just for him to be a good play and not a, not even a, a slate breaking play you know? I, i'm gonna throw this out here i think Darius tony and juju smith schuster are the two best leverage plays on this whole damn slate straight up honestly i i think you just play travis kelsey and move the hell on i i 100 could see kelsey catching three touchdowns here and like, or like a uh, a Noah Gray TD or I mean, something, something weird like that. Pat, Patty Mahomes goes nuclear. He throws for three fifty and four. Two go to Tony. One goes to Juju. One goes to Kelsey. Like this, this writes itself. And McKinnon flops. Like I'm gonna play a lot of. I'm gonna I, it, look if you're again talking about being different and getting value with your stacks. What's Juju at, guys? What fifty one hundred? Right? Yeah. And what's Tony at? I don't remember his price off the top of my head. Uh, he is 40, 4,100, and he's projecting at 3% so, ownership. So 4,100, 5,100, and you play Kelsey, you triple stack Mahomes, and you game stack around Jacksonville, or you just play the Kansas City just smushes them, and you play the Kansas City defense too. Like, this is not hard to me, and it's the best leverage off of a chalky, fragile as hell Jerk McKinnon. What are your guys' thoughts on Tony Pollard? It had to be large field for me. Like, I could see, I can make the case for him. Like, 
Those, the only seen, thing that I see for him though is how efficient he is as a runner, right? Like how explosive yep. he is. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely a guy that you can see break off a sixty-yard touchdown run, um, or or through the air. It's he's the guy that I feel like is going to be completely squeezed out. Everybody's going to completely look over. No way, I'm not playing. I get it. It's not a great matchup. San Francisco's been great against. And he's pricey year. too. He's pricey for splitting. He's sixty-one hundred. Yeah, I mean, but I think that's a little bit cheaper than what we typically would pay for him, but. Yeah, I mean, he's earlier in the year he was up in the seven K range, but for the most part, I guess that's right around where he was for a lot of the season. But still, like I, but he's he's a guy that I could see that we look back on like, oh shit, like had to have Tony Pollard to go up because like I mean, he is so damn efficient, the things that he does, and so he's got thirty know, and forty four on outside as well. Like, and he's, so I, I don't mind getting some access to him at sixty one hundred dollars, maybe a little bit of leverage, but you know, again, and I, I think I just want to say this, like, I, I don't think anybody, anybody like, I, at least I'm not saying that necessarily you like, to completely, I'm not saying 100% full fade, Jarek McKinnon, but it's just I'll understand a lot of different ways that it can go wrong and not just jam him in just because you think it's, he's just an elite play. Cause I don't think he's an elite play. No, but, I, I, I'm going to straight up say it. Like I'm going to lock CMC and I'm going to be vastly underweight on the field versus Jarek McKinnon. Like it, to me, the, the, if I'm gonna eat chalk, give me the the non-fragile chalk like all of these other guys are playing full-time snaps, or if they're playing part-time snaps, like Maddie talked about, touchdown variants and things like that. Like for me, it's really hard because I think like a lot of people when they open up the slate, they're gonna look at the running back plays and they're gonna say, okay, who am I pairing with Jared? I think Jared McKinnon's gonna be one of the first names that they click straight up. Yeah, I mean I'm just looking at McKinnon's game log. He scored one touchdown, scored nine points, scored two touchdowns. He scored 22 points. That 22 wouldn't kill you. I mean, sure. Yeah. It'd be nice to have, but if you don't play him, like that doesn't bury you. Um, what if power goes for 30 and McKinnon only gets you like 18 to 20, like you're not dead, but if you play well, the leverage you, by playing Pollard or you play, well, if you put, if you play Pollard, lower, if you play Pollard you just, or Sanders, you just need them to beat McKinnon straight up because they're the, they're the same price. Both of, both of them can do. Oh, they absolutely. Do. And their volume, the volume expectation for, for both Miles Sanders and Tony Pollard, I think vastly exceeds. Like their volume floors are 15 to 20 touches. McKinnon's volume floor is like seven. Right. I mean, I, I don't even, I haven't like done the math, but like over, over this, 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 Fan for Jarek McKinnon. I mean, his touchdown rate has to be fucking through the fucking roof with the, with the little amount of touchdowns. Oh, it's it's insane. Because if dude. he it's, doesn't it's score insane. a touchdown, let, let, let's say he has five catches for 60 yards. Like, it's not worth it. Like, he's, he's not worth it if he doesn't score yeah. a touchdown. Nope. He has nope. to score a touchdown. And the problem is, like, he doesn't get a ton of touches. Now, I get it. He's done it. He scored nine touchdowns in, what, the last six games or whatever it is. And so, like, it's certainly the range possibility is certainly there. It's just, for me – on a slate like this where it's a four-game slate and you're going to have to try to get a little bit different because we're trying to win the thing. We're not trying – I'm not trying to min cash. You know, I'm trying to take down a, uh, take down a tournament here because you shouldn't be playing cash on a four-game slate at all. Um, I don't play cash anyway, and I don't think any of us do. But regardless, no. like, there, there's no there's no reason to play cash on a four-game slate. And so, like, if you're – sure, if he goes off and, and, he, and I guess if he gets that that 30-point that upside that, he, that he's had in a couple of games this year – it's it's a, it's in the range of possibilities that that could that that could happen, but I feel like it's also more likely that he could get six, and then sixty percent of the field has him, and or he would have scored he would have scored two without that touchdown in, his, in the so, last game. Let let, let me let me phrase it this way: If I'm going to play an eight to eight to ten touch 
type of player that has two touchdown upside. Tell me why I'm going to play six K, pay six K for that player when I can just pay forty one hundred and play freaking Kadarius Tony, who has the same type of volume expectations possibly and the same type of touchdown equity, except that he's going to be unowned and yeah. his price reflects his possible volume. I don't disagree. All right, and we're, we're not playing Joe Mixon, right? We're not. We're no, not. hell no. We haven't hell talked. I'd, I'd rather. I'd rather. Somebody just play would have Ryan. to pay me. Somebody would have to pay me to play Joe Mixon. Hell no. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like you know, if you I mean, if you want to play Travis Etienne, you can do it. Um, I don't think you have to, but uh, it's not like we've already talked about. It's not really the way I'm I want to go. But no, his um, pass game usage is non-existent. Yeah, it's but for me, it's it's really I want to I want to play Christian McCaffrey. I hundred percent agree. Like lock him in, and then you know find one of these other running backs. But lock. I do agree. And, and like I have, think. I think too a key with playing McCaffrey is making sure you have a Dallas guy on the McCaffrey team because, like I said, if if you know in these games that San Francisco has kind of gone back and forth or have stayed close is the, are the games that McCaffrey's really had heavy heavy pass game usage. So you know I'm expecting San Francisco to score, uh, especially if I'm playing eight K CMC and you know if Dallas is pushing them then that's CMC will be on the field more and Elijah Mitchell will not be. So yeah. You just mini um, him. You mini him with either. You can play Schultz him with Schultz. You can play him with C.D. Lamb. You can play him Pollard. with Pollard. You any of those three are fine. Well, and the other thing I want to throw out here about CMC is that like everybody, I, I think, dude, the, all the Elijah Mitchell stuff is so overblown as far as the worries. Like, yes, like over the two last two games, he has split red zone work with CMC, but a lot of that we talked about is just absolute noise because they've blown people out. Like, Elijah Mitchell, it's like, okay, so here's the thing. Elijah Mitchell, what's the difference of playing Elijah Mitchell and playing Jarrett McKinnon? You're, I mean, we're basically talking about, what, the same type of player, five to ten touch upside? Like, you're yeah, playing him for red zone and touchdown? Mitchell's is on the ground and McKinnon's is through the air. Well, exactly. So, like, if I'm going to play a player like that, then let me just get Elijah Mitchell. Like, I'm, I mean, it's the same type of player you're talking yourself into with Jarrett McKinnon. You're just chasing touchdowns. Yeah, you're chasing but two it, touchdowns. Let but me, if that well, game is is in play and that game is close, like we're talking about, CMC played seventy four percent of the snaps last week. He could play ninety percent of the snaps this week. Oh, I I agree. You don't have to talk me into CMC. Yeah, man. And there's there's only one running back on the slate, anyways. That uh, you know controls the entire backfield to himself. So agree. Yeah. Take one. Yeah. And so uh, you know everybody else. There's somebody else there. I mean, yeah. but um. And then, you know, even even like Isaiah Pacheco. Like Isaiah Pacheco has been a guy who's getting 14 carries per game, but he's not really involved in the passing game. If he if he finds he does himself, nothing you know, with if him. He, if he scores he's a touchdown. Total jag. But he's he, he's probably he doesn't have a ceiling at all. Like no. he probably I think his best game this year is what six yeah, sixteen point two, I think is his best game of the year. Um, in terms of ceiling, but he's <clears throat> and you watch your mouth, don't call Isaiah Pacheco a Jag. Okay. He just he's just an idiot <laughs> and runs a thousand miles an hour. He into runs the back of the so hard. Like it's like, he's dude, kicked. just calm down, bro. Like like he like Caleb Balage. Well on the case. He just no, no, runs no. I have never seen lineman. a running back like Isaiah Pacheco. Like he is a Tasmanian devil. Like he like and he's wild because like he runs yeah, he, he bounces runs. off his offensive lineman the whole and, and then he gets tackled and he jumps up immediately and just starts running back like like 100 like dead sprint like dude the dude got taken out by some people like earlier in the year i think and he, i can't remember exactly what happened but he got taken the fuck out on the sideline 
he jumps up and runs back to Patrick Holmes. Patrick Holmes had to like stop him, like relax, dude. Like, <laughs> like he's it's like he's on like crack or something. Like I, I don't know, like because he is just one hundred percent balls to the I've, wall. I have never seen a player like that, and he just doesn't slow down. It's like, dude, he doesn't he does not give himself any any opportunity to see a hole or anything? Because as soon as the ball is in his hands, he is one hundred percent as fast as he Some, possibly can. Sometimes I think. Sometimes I think. He, he just runs with his eyes closed and just runs in a straight line as hard as he can is, is what it looks like sometimes. And it, it just kills it because, like, he has athleticism. Like, like sometimes yeah. like, just hit a hole, bro. Like, just hit a hole and be patient. Like, like I, I think he has skills to be a, uh, to be a good – like, he's not a bad pass catcher. Like, he could do it. But, like, he he's, no he's just wild. Like, I'd hate to see him stand in line yeah. at the supermarket. He gets, like, amped after everything. He gets a two-yard carry. He's up. He's Maddie. amped. Like, he just had a 100-yard run. Like – Anyways, Isaiah Pacheco doesn't stand in lines, bro. That he's a self checkout, bro. Like he he goes to the self checkout line, like so he can go as fast as he can. But sometimes the self checkout lines are kind have of. You see, kind have of you guys deep. ever seen the guy on on TikTok that his, everything he does, like he's like running everywhere? Yes, like, around yep. the that house, is bro. yes, that is him. That is him. That is <laughs> That's what he hilarious. does everywhere he goes. He is just just balls the wall, hundred percent running funny. everywhere. You have to love it. Yeah, I mean the the but same time it get, does get frustrating at times because it's like, dude, relax. <laughs> Like he is the opposite of Le'Veon Bell. Like Le'Veon Bell would wait yep. for an hour behind a line. Yep. He is just, I'm going. I don't care. See ya. So, anyways, I, I think we've spent enough. Do, do we? Need, I don't think there's any other running back we need to talk. I think we no, no, we're we're good. move on to wide receiver. Agreed. All right. <laughs> so Jamar Chase uh, leads us off. Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Devonta Smith are the seven K and above. And then you have Christian Kirk, Debo Samuel, T Higgins, Juju. And Brandon Ayuk in the 5K range. And then below, we have the Lord and Savior, Isaiah Hodgins, who continues to crush. And then Gabe Davis, Zay Jones, who is too cheap. And then uh, Darius Slayton, Canarius Tony, and Tyler Boyd are the 4K and above wide receivers. So this week, who are the guys that you want to play? Just outside of a stack. Obviously, if you're stacking guys, uh, you're stacking certain players up, you're going to play yeah. these guys. But who are the guys you just want to get in your lineups this week? I... uh on the same theme as the quarterbacks, we talked about, you know, not chasing Daniel Jones and uh, Brock Purdy from last week. I think chasing Gabe Davis. Uh, Kev, we talked uh, about Gabe Davis being, you know, not the best play in the world last week. He did have a good game, you know, what was it, five or six catches for over 100 yards and a score. Uh, but that's, I mean, I think that's, you know, the most you can reasonably expect out of him. Um, it just feels like a digs game to me, uh, especially, you know, the Cincinnati defense has kind of been just horrible this year at, at, you know, allowing production to uh, opposing passing attacks and especially the number one wide receivers. So um, they haven't really defended anybody like they give, they've given up a lot of 300 yard games. Um, so I like Diggs if paying all the way up, I prefer him to chase. Cause I think uh, the Bengals may have issues with their offensive line. Um, playing on the road in Buffalo is going to be a little different for a makeshift offensive line than it is playing at home because you have to operate off silent snap counts and all of that. So, you know, there's a slight advantage to the Buffalo defensive line there uh, being able to, you know, get get good good jumps on the on the ball because they're going to be able to time up the, the silent counts and all that. So I do have concerns about the Cincinnati receivers uh, being able to hit a ceiling. Um, now, I will say that's, you know, T Higgins is, is too cheap at 5,800. I think you have to have some interest in him. Uh, and same with Tyler Boyd at 4k, uh, especially, you know, if, if Burrow's going to look to get the ball out quick, 
and not work the ball down the field, that that screams Tyler Boyd all over it. So um, I think Boyd at 4K is definitely in play. Um, but I'm not personally stacking up Cincinnati, so I don't have a ton of interest in Jamar Chase up top. Um, I think the Eagles receivers, both Smith and A.J. Brown, are absolutely in play considering they're going to be unowned. Uh, they're both projecting for like 13% or lower, um, <laughs> so, which is hilarious. And, and, and they've been, they've been that way all year. Like nobody plays these, these Eagles receivers. They just play Hertz naked or play Hertz, um, with one of the guys and you can play Hertz with Goddard, one of these guys. Um, so the Eagles receivers are definitely in play. Um, again, I, I like Diggs over Gabe Davis. I'm not playing, uh, Gabe Davis this week. I think last week I'm not chasing that. Uh, I like, we, I know Kev, you stopped at 4k, but I like Richie James from the, the Giants side. He's 3,900. I played him last week. Everybody played him last week. Uh, he burned a lot of people. I'll go right back to that. Well, uh, Vontae Maddox has already been ruled out for this week and he is the Eagles starting, uh, slot corner and he, the Eagles, uh, when he was out, gave up a ton of, uh, slot production and including to Richie James. Uh, when they met earlier this year, uh, he had Matt, Maddie on top of that because I looked at this earlier because um, I thought Maddox was going to be out. I'm glad to hear that he got ruled out. Yeah, James had 61 and a tutty. And when yep, on so nine CJ, CJ Gardner-Johnson uh, came back in week 18, he uh, covered the slot. It wasn't Josiah Scott. So – Gardner Johnson has been terrible versus the slot this year. He's had like a 140 passer rating. He has 17 targets. So he's allowed 16 receptions. So isn't he an outside yeah. corner? Like he's not a slot he's a, corner. He, he's a safety. Okay. Well, even worse. <laughs> he's a safety, but they've so. been pulling him in the slot whenever Avante's been out. So, dude, I, I I love the flop lag call on Richie James. Just wanted to toss that in there. Go ahead, but yeah, I I think you know same with Isaiah Hodgins. He's priced all the way up at almost 5K now. And and Debro, we I feel like you and I were like some of the first people that were on him and playing him when he was three K it's nice to see him. Around. But now that he's up yep. to 4,900 and Richie James is still 3,900. Uh, I think you have to have interest in playing Richie James. Um, the Jags guys are obvious. Both Kirk and Zay Jones are in play. Uh, Chiefs. We already talked about Kadarius Tony. I don't need to go into any more detail on him. He is absolutely in play. And then uh, I didn't mention Dallas, but uh, Devonte Adams, with Jarrett Stidham nuked, nuked the San Fran D uh, and San Fran D is getting given up production of the number one wide receivers uh, as it is. So um, yeah, CD lamb is absolutely in play as well. So um, it's pretty, pretty straightforward for me. Uh, and I do like the San Francisco guys. I do like Debo and, and Iuke at 5k. I think you have to have interest in Iuke at 5k as well. Um, but I'm taking a stand on, on Jamar chase, probably not going to play him up top and then I think I personally think and and Kev I think you agree with this is it's usually Juju or Kelsey that tends to go off and if I if I'm going to be you know paying $7,700 or whatever it is for Travis Kelsey uh this week then I probably won't have Juju but if I end up on a build that you know doesn't have me on Kelsey then absolutely Juju Smith-Schuster will be in play for me. Kev you want me to go you want me to tie on this being no, go ahead. So, M- Maddie, I, I, I'm curious about that. Can you pull up Juju's big games, and can we kind of cross-correlate those with Kelsey? Because I want to say there's some weeks where both of them have smashed, but, dude, I could be totally wrong with that. 
So Juju had so these are all the tw- over twenty point games for Juju, which is what you'd be okay. looking for. Uh, he okay. had 20, tw- 22 against Denver in week fourteen, and then week fourteen, uh, Travis Kelsey had eleven point one. Okay. Uh, then the next Juju game, uh, he had eighteen against Tennessee. That's not really tournament ceiling threshold, but that's close. Twenty point six for Kelsey. Okay, so both mediocre there. Uh, San Francisco, 28.4. Kelsey had 15.8. Buffalo, 25.3. 19.2. Yeah, so Kelsey was under 20 in every game that Juju exceeded 20. And then the one game Juju got yeah. 18, Kelsey got 20 himself. So it's when Kelsey hits his me- like his $7,700 ceiling where he gets, you know, almost 30, uh, Juju has been like single digits. So... All I'm hearing is if I'm stacking my homes, I'm either going with Kadarius Tony and Kelsey, or I'm going Juju and Kadarius Tony. Correct. That's kind of the way I'm feeling that. So correct. Yeah. If you're not playing McKinnon, yep, that is 100. Yep. You're not playing Sky Moore. <sighs> no, dude, uh, my pain level has gone so high. I can't. I can't take anymore. I want. I want to, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so wild with him because, like, some of the local guys He's that I that around good, man. That I listen they to don't use talk, it. They talk about it all the time. But they don't get what, what what's going on because, like, like if you watch the film of Sky Moore, like he makes a lot, like he flashes all the time. Like you see exactly why they drafted him, and he and draws how close targets he can when he's out there. The catch and everything else. I don't get it, but they just don't. <laughs> he does just not get any opportunities um, to produce. Like even in the game, like if you, like in the game against Jacksonville, with all those players left. He still got no opportunities, uh, and so, and so, like I, I don't know. It's been it's been a wild ride for Sky Moore this year. We'll we'll we'll. Uh, it it has to be something tied to like his run blocking or something like that because I, I just, very well could be. I don't know because man. it's it's a big. I mean, that is a big deal for Andy Reid for all of his wide receivers to be. And able and to, Watson uh, has had like Watson has been like Demarcus Robinson. Like he's just out there running sprints every single week and doing nothing, yeah. but he always has snaps. So like. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I love – I talked about Kadarius Tony. I talked about Juju. I love both of them. I love the Tyler Boyd call because he has the best hands-down matchup, straight-up matchup uh, against the Bills. Teron Johnson's been bad. Both the outside corners for Buffalo have been good. Um, Tredavious White could shadow chase. Um, and he caught a TD game. in that, that game that got canceled, yep. too. First, he, first caught, he caught the first TD. Yeah. Um, so I, I love Tyler Boyd. He is going to be basically unowned this this late. Like he's probably going to be sitting somewhere around ten to twelve percent. Um, so I love Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I'm seeing eight percent on what I have. Yeah, he's he. Nobody's going to play Tyler Boyd. Mm-mm. Nobody. Um, I like the T Higgins call, but I think if um, looking at both of them straight up and on a four gamer, I'm probably just going to lean towards Boyd. Um, but outside of that, man, I think like. Kev, rattle off or, or Maddie, whoever's got it pulled up. What are the high-priced wide receivers again? Give me the, the I guess, the three or four-pack. Chase, Chase, Diggs, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and Devonta Smith. Those are all 7200 to 7800 so they're pretty much the same price. And everybody's going to go. They're going to chase the the good Chase game last week. So um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm fully fading Chase, throwing that out there. And they're going to play Diggs. Um, so really this just comes down to I'm going to play a massive crap ton of A.J. Brown and who's the other high-priced guy up there? CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Smith. I'm, I'm playing all the A.J. Brown and CeeDee Lamb that I possibly can. Out of I those four guys, like, everybody's going to click on Diggs. Everybody's going to go after Chase. 
nobody's going to want to play Lamb. Um, I'm going to play a ton of Lamb because Jimmy Ward in the slot for San Francisco has been bad. Um, outside of A.J. Brown and Lamb, I'm going to go right back to the well on Debo. I played a crap ton of him last week for the leverage. And I'm back in, man. I don't I don't care if he's popular. does not matter to me. Like, he – 70 – so Dallas played a crap ton of zone last week. They were over 70% of their snap – coverage snaps were, uh, were in zone coverage. That is Debo Samuel's freaking wheelhouse. Brandon Ayuk has been their man coverage guy the entire year. Debo, 71% of his target volume has come against zone coverage. He's their yak guy. We even saw him get rushing attempts last week. Like, I think you could honestly play CMC and play Debo, and if San Francisco puts up 30 or 40, you could get most of their scoring production by just playing those two guys. So I'm, I'm going to – the way I've been approaching a lot of these small slates is getting blocks of players and saying, okay, if I get most of the production out of this team – then where are the points going? C- CMC and Debo jamming those two dudes into a lot of lineups is going to be one of my favorites for the week. Um, and just saying, look, I don't have to play Purdy. I can just play these two guys, and I'm getting all of San Francisco. Um, but outside of that, man, like I think Kadarius, Juju, Tower Boyd are my favorite plays, if not going to Lamb and A.J. Brown. But this, the, honestly, then, this this slate feels really freaking straightforward. Um, Diggs is going to be super popular. But like we've talked about, Buffalo does all kinds of crazy stuff in the red zone, man. Like their touchdowns go freaking everywhere. You could see Quinn Morris get a freaking M- touchdown. M- James M- Cook could get a touchdown. Yeah, exactly, man. Like for me, Cole Beasley last week. Yeah, like <laughs> and Crowder's coming back. I don't know if Crowder's back this week, but he's coming back too. He's coming back too. Like they're splitting the slot three different ways. Gabe Davis could score. Like. Legit, Josh Allen, you could just, like, he is one of the best quarterbacks to make the argument to play naked because there's so many different games where he gets there and he doesn't bring anybody along with him. Like, Diggs had a good game last week, but he didn't get in the freaking touchdown. So, like, you got the 100 yards, you got your 20 points. But, like, if, I mean, Chase laughed him. Like, Chase outscored him. Other guys can outscore him. And if he doesn't put up 25 to 30, you're probably saying, well, that's great and grand, and I felt good about playing you know, building lineups this week, but Diggs didn't get there. Yeah, I mean, if I had to make a lean on which one I'd want to play between the top two guys, I think I'd rather go Chase than Diggs. But honestly, um, that game, that, that game, I'm probably just going to be so underweight on that game. That game just feels it, well. It feels like so. Like it feels it feels like it could pay off, like going underweight, but it could also feel like that game could be like a 41 to 38 type game with these two offenses. It, it right? does. It, it, like I mean, Josh it could. Allen but both defenses have been solid. Like Josh Allen's been turning the ball over at incredible rates. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they just they just allowed Skylar Thompson to almost beat them at, at home, and I know they probably were overlooking well, him a little bit and stuff like that's that. That's a lot of their defense. That's a lot of the Dolphins' defense. Oh there. no, for for sure. But both yeah. these defenses are very similar. Both of them do uh, things at a very similar rate. Yeah, because it's not like Skylar Thompson was driving the field on him over and over again. They had a lot of short fields and yes, because I of turnovers and certain situations also, that, yeah. that went on in that game. Yes, for sure. But like it's also possible that that game could go absolutely nuclear, right? Like, um, and, and so, yes, um, I, I don't think that you have to be overweight to either one of them. But um, if I had to choose, I just because Jamar Chase just consistently sees, I mean, you have to go back to Week 13 the last time he didn't see double targets. Like the dude just sees consistently, yeah. dude, tw- twelve, 12 well, to fifteen thing, targets every single zone. game. And you know, he's obviously, the red he, zone he, weapon. 
absolutely right and and so like if i'm going to pay up for for one like for one of those two it's it would be jamar chase um but i but i also agree that you said like t higgins 5800 dollars is the first thing when i opened the site i was scrolling through everything i saw t i was like the fuck is t higgins doing at 5800 dollars <laughs> like but I also think that's going to force people to pay T. Higgins, or play a lot of T. Higgins because he's too, too cheap. Like it's extremely cheap for somebody that has a again somebody that does carry a thirty point upside. Um, I think a lot of people are going to chase Debo Samuel, and I know you know you laid out very well of why he's a good play this week. But I also think if you want to get leverage, I do think Brandon Ayuk does make sense at five k. Um, he has double, you know, double routes are definitely a thing uh, against Trayvon Diggs. Yes. Oh, and he is certainly just somebody... sexy Marcus Peters. You could beat him in any freaking game with double. I years. I think IU can can torch him if he wants to. Yep. Agreed. So I I like IU as leverage off of Debo Samuel uh, at nine hundred dollars cheaper. And if you're paying down, if you're wanting like a, some cheap options, Michael Gallup at thirty eight hundred dollars. I know you know last week you know pretty solid game for him five forty six and a score uh, fifteen point six at thirty eight hundred dollars because like. We have Marvin Jones. I already talked about Marvin Jones. He's seen, uh, you know, starting to see a little bit more uptick of targets uh, recently, but he does have a limited ceiling. You're probably looking at, you know, 12, you know, if, if everything works out and he finds the end zone, but he's still only $3,600. You know, if you're looking for something cheap, I don't know if I could pay it. Like, I know Isaiah McKenzie's had like big games this year, but now they have Cole Beasley and they have all these other weapons. Like, like it's just, he just seems really thin to get Isaiah McKenzie in there. So I don't think there's any other wide receivers that I want to get any lower than. Like, I'm not going down to 30. Like, if lowest I would go would probably be Marvin Jones. Maybe Juwan Jennings just because of, you know, whatever. Maybe a build or something like that I, if I had to get there. But here's the thing. If you're, like, to me, why the fuck would you pay down that far when you could just go play double tight end? Because double tight end this week yep. is extremely yep. viable, in my yep. opinion. And I think... If we don't have any others talking about wide receiver, this is a good uh, flip to over to tight ends because I do think double yep. tight end is very much the, in play. The only other guy I want to get up in here, and we mentioned him at the top, was Isaiah Hodgins because we didn't bring him back up when we went through wide receivers again. Um, and the only thing I want to bring up about him is that since week 13, since he became a starter, he has been their red zone guy. Like – the fact that he's scoring touchdowns in almost every damn game is not fluky. He has 66.7% of their end zone targets since he became a starter in this offense. That is not even close. Richie James doesn't have the touchdown equity in this offense. Darius Slayton, they never even look his direction in the red zone. So I, I still like Hodgins, who might not get the yardage here, but could score twice. Yeah, and he's still, I mean, he's $4,900. They price him up, but not anything crazy. So, yeah. Um all right, so at tight end, we've already talked Travis Kelsey, $7,700, and it's not even close to the next closest. It was George Kittle at 57, Dallas Goddard's 45, Ingram's 43, Dalton Schultz, who I don't know what the fuck that dude has to do to get priced up even into the 5K range. Like, I, I feel like all fucking year we've been talking about Dalton Schultz and how cheap he is and uh, why why DraftKings just hates Dalton Schultz, I guess, or just makes it, you know, force you to play him. But he's $4,200. Dawson Knox is 38. Um, Hayden Hurst is 32. And then Daniel Bellinger, you know, was somebody we kind of talked about, but he found the end zone last week uh, for a touchdown. But uh, I don't know if I'd want to go there. But that's pretty much the list. Like, I don't think there's any like super cheap guys like that you that you really just want to get crazy with, you know, like a no gray or anything like that. I just don't think you need to do it. But on this slate, like, like the the argument for Travis Kelsey is he's Travis fucking Kelsey, and he gets a 25% target share, and he could go absolutely just 
nuclear and score 40 DK points. Like it's in his range of outcomes. Uh, he could have another three or four touchdown game. It's, it, he does it a lot. Uh, and there's some of the, obviously they look heavily inside the red zone, but the other the flip side of that is, or you could just pay down at somebody like Dalton Schultz, who also in the last three weeks has been seeing a ton of targets. He, he, he gets looks in the red zone. And the, um, and so Dalton Schultz, he's $4,200. And so, or what I was just alluding to, you could go a double tight end. You play them both. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and Kev, I know I've played Kelsey a good amount this year. And, and honestly, most weeks it's been because of how bad tight end is. And like Kelsey's the one guy that, you know, I feel somewhat good about every single week this week. I actually, you know, I think it, like I'm playing Kelsey because I think he smashes. Like I think this is this yep. is I think this is at least two touchdowns, maybe three and a hundred yards. Uh, this has this has Travis Kelsey written all over it. And like Dude, I said, Jacksonville is the are arguably the worst defense in the NFL against tight ends. Like and and he hasn't caught a touchdown since week twelve against the Rams. So yeah, uh, I'm starting my bills for a touchdown week. regression. I'm Kelsey. team jam. I'm team jamming man, guys. Yep. I'm starting every too. one of my lineups, almost every single one of them, with with I'm putting in CMC, I'm putting in Kelsey, and then I'm figuring out the rest of it. Yep, that is exactly what <laughs> I'm doing. And and I know it feels weird, like paying the same price as uh, for Kelsey as like Jamar Chase and Stephon Diggs and shit. He's the pay- wide receiver one. Yeah, and paying more for Kelsey than like AJ Brown or CD Lamb. But like you said, he's the wide receiver one, and he is. Him and Chase are probably the only. Only guys on this slate you can confidently say uh, have two touchdowns, uh, like have a realistic shot at two to three, maybe four touchdowns. Like those are the only guys. Agreed. Um, so we we played this this thought experiment out with Kelsey and Juju. I'm really curious because as much as I love C.D. Lamb and I really, really love Dalton Schultz, have we seen Lamb and Schultz smash in the same weeks? Because I'm now that I'm playing this out of my head, I'm like, if I'm playing Schultz, am I playing Lamb? With um, if I'm not playing Dak, like what's that? Last like, week, guys? last week it was Schultz and Gallup because Lamb got doubled. Um, Tennessee against Tennessee, Schultz had 25 and Lamb had 24. So the, yeah, okay. Um, and then there was one other good Schultz, like really good Schultz game this year that was. Uh, he scored 19 against the Giants. Okay. And Lamb had 21. So yeah, okay. they're they're pl- I, they're definitely playable together. Yeah, they're correlating together. So yeah, that's not a problem. Like, I I I think double tight end and and honestly, like we I know we, we we've kind of talked in previous episodes or previous years we've trashed like a little bit of double tight end, but like to me it's all slate specific. And honestly, like the way that the NFL is changing. If you were to tell me that if you were to just take the, the positional designation and you're telling me I could play any wide receiver for like in the 4K range that could legit have two touchdown upside and eight to 10 targets, then everybody be like, oh, shit, like I'm, I'm playing that wide receiver. Well, that's the case with Evan Ingram and Dalton Schultz. So it's like, what are we doing here? Like, yeah, even, absolutely. Even Goddard, too. Yeah, dude. Goddard, too. Goddard. I mean, you just talked about Schultz and smash the Giants. We've seen Hawkinson smash them twice. Like, Goddard can absolutely – Goddard has the same type of ceiling. He has a 27-point game against Houston. He went yes. eight catches, nine targets, 100 yards. Goddard has 
Goddard could go for 100 yards and two scores. He, mm-hmm. he could. He absolutely could. So give me all the double tight end action, man. Give me all that action this week. Like, I'll, I'm, I'm Goddard only go. had four games where he was under 10 points. That's I've said it all year, man. Like, Goddard, if Goddard got the same exact volume as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, people would mention him in the same damn breath. He is that freaking good. He is, yep. Yeah. And then, you know, if you're, if you're, I also, I mean, if you're running stacks with Burrow or you're running stacks with Josh Allen, I mean, Dawson Knox, uh, Hayden Hurst are both guys you can plug in as options, I think. Um, but I agree on Knox and I don't, I don't agree on Hurst. Like her, the Buffalo Bills are, are a no fly zone for me. It's them and the Saints. I do, I will never play tight ends versus them. Well, I know it's like super, I mean, like super small sample size, but I think in that game, Against the the Bills, I mean that first drive and a half, he had like three targets. He had like I think he had like two or yeah. three catches for thirty yards or something like that. But um, but I, I mean that, again, Buffalo, I, I wouldn't play the, I wouldn't play them independent of a staff. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right. Like I'm not Buffalo I'm not looking is, to play them. I think Buffalo is the only team in the NFL to not give up a receiving touchdown to tight ends. Y'all can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty damn sure. I think you might be right because the Saints have given up yeah, one. The Bills are the only team like without that. yes. Yep, no touchdowns. And if you got no touchdowns, then nope, you're not even on my radar. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, I'm not going out of my way to my. For me, it's the. I think my my three favorite are probably on this slate are Kelsey Goddard and Dalton Schultz. Um, of the three tight ends that I really want to play, I do think George Kittle is obviously in play. Um, we've seen with Brock Purdy him be more involved in the passing game. Um, wasn't so much last week against Seattle, but, uh, you know, the other weeks prior to that, he saw six, eight, eight. Well, I, I don't want anything to do with Kittle because I think if you look at Kittle, his splits, it was without Debo too. His splits without Debo on the field have been pretty big over the last few years. Yeah, I, I'm just saying in terms of a guy that's that could, you know, it, it wouldn't shock me if, if Dalton. But he started. could go overlooked. I don't disagree right. with that. Right, because of where he sits in price and everything else. But for the most part, the three guys that I am focusing on are Kelsey Goddard and Schultz. I yep. I don't mind Evan Ingram. It's just, like I said, like I was talking about earlier, like he is super boomer bust. Um, he has weeks where he could see 11 targets. He has a lot of weeks where he sees two or three targets. Like, you it, you just don't know really what you're going to get. Even with the first time these two teams played each other, he saw four targets, three catches for 14 yards. Um, but you know, again, he's also a guy that could break the, uh, that that could go off at, at his price tag at $4,300. So he, I think he's a little bit more of boomer bust for me. Um, again, I'll definitely have some ownership of him, but I won't have as much as I will Kelsey or Schultz, and then you know Goddard, Goddard as well. So, where do y'all think? And I. And I... I guess I haven't thought through this enough. Like, where do y'all think the ownership goes for tight end? Like, who – how how does it kind of go? Like, because I'm kind of like, are people going to jam in Kelsey like we're talking about? Or are they going to say, well, I'd rather go play a wide receiver? And if that's the case, then who picks up the chalk? Is it Schultz? or Because I kind of see it like – I think it's going to be Schultz. I think it's going to be Ingram. And I think Kelsey comes in at third and then Goddard is fourth. But y'all – I mean, do y'all see this slate differently? I think that um, I think Schultz and Kelsey are probably the two highest owned, and I think it's probably a pretty decent margin with those two. Because I mean, Schultz is coming off a monster, uh, a big game. Um, I can see Schultz being less just because of the matchup, and people are going to want to avoid Dallas against San Francisco. 
but I think Kelsey probably still leads the pack. But I think it's probably more spread out too. I think it's going to be spread out. Like I, I think honestly, like I think Kelsey's probably in the thirty to thirty-five range, and then probably looking at Schultz and Ingram around twenty-five each, and Goddard maybe eighteen to twenty, something like that. Because the other thing I could see is that like Kelsey's in his own tier, and then all of these four K guys kind of cannibalize each other. Like I yeah, can see, see that, that happening too, yeah. too. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's gonna be. It's honestly gonna. I think a lot of people are gonna play a tight end based on which quarterback they have, right? Like True. if you're playing, if you're playing Hertz, you're gonna gravitate to to Goddard more than you would Schulter, uh, Ingram. Well, and just, if you're playing Lawrence, thinking... you're probably gonna play Ingram over the other two. And if you're playing Dak, you're def- you're definitely playing Schultz if you're playing Dak. Well, because just thinking through it, I'm like, if Schultz and Kelsey are going to be popular, if I'm looking for leverage as well, like running a double tight end team with Ingram and Dallas Goddard also makes a lot of sense to me. And then, like, if you're playing the off the Kelsey leverage, like I talked about earlier, playing Patty with Tony and Juju as Kelsey leverage, and then you just go double tight end with Ingram and Dallas Goddard. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about opportunity costs, right? Like when you, when you don't play Travis Kelsey, it's a matter of, of which high price guy you're, you're jamming in at the other positions. Yeah. Um, like which wide receiver that you think can smash, uh, when you're not playing Kelsey and which, you know, you're already playing CMC. So like if you're not playing Kelsey and you don't want to play one of these high price receivers, then you're, you're playing Barkley most likely. So it's like, it then becomes, you know, Barkley and a cheap tight end versus Kelsey and, and, you know, like a Miles Sanders type or a Miles Sanders well, and a cheap receiver. Play, if people play Kelsey in the flex, like in pricing, who's around Kelsey in pricing? Chase and Diggs and Barkley. McCaffrey. And McCaffrey. Okay. You're, 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 paying, you're playing Kelsey as, as a, a top two to three score on the slate is what you're so, playing. So Kelsey's – so Kelsey, to me, in that, in that kind of thought experiment, Kelsey's the leverage play then. I don't disagree. Because, I mean, just think through it. Like, all those other guys, we can craft narratives that they're probably going to be more popular than Kelsey is. I, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, I think, like, the Chase Diggs, Kelsey, I think they're all going to end up in, like, the 30 to 35 range. And and same with McCaffrey. I don't think there's going to be one guy from the elites that that really, you know, Oh, I, th- I think Diggs is going to be more popular. I think Diggs is going to be in the 50% range, dude. People love to play Stefan Diggs. Yeah. I don't, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like a Diggs slate like it did last week. No, I know. But I mean, like, I know we're thinking that, but I don't think that, the, I don't think that the field is going to think that. I think that the field is going to say, well, Josh Allen smash, pair him with Diggs. Let's go. And I, th- I think people just love – there's certain players that people love to click on. You know, it's like you never see Mike Evans chalky, but you always see Chris Godwin chalky. It's like people love to play Stefan Diggs. Yeah, no, it's because it's because of his floor. He's got, you know, one of the best floors. Well, you just said it too. Like nobody ever wants to play A.J. Brown. There's not been a slate this entire damn year where A.J. Brown has been more than like nope. 8%. Straight and up, he, and he won't be this week either. And it's like he's nope. gonna be—it's him versus Adoree Jackson, who's like what five foot two. And like, sure, I mean, Jackson's known for his speed, but AJ Brown's known for his size and physicality. Like, 
AJ Brown can pop. I mean, him. AJ I'm Brown has just as high of ceiling as Jamar Chase or, or yeah, Stephon absolutely. Absolutely. He, he just absolutely he just he just doesn't get the volume. Team. He just doesn't get the volume. He does it on limited volume. AJ Brown can well, go I mean, he, off thirty five forty points and can, nobody could be surprised. And there's definitely games that he gets the volume. Uh, yeah, they're just not as frequent as the other guys. Right. This is not a consistency. Like you said, Chase is you have to go back to what week twelve before he saw less than double digit targets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I, I wish AJ Brown got that treatment. I do too, but you know. Uh all right, let's let's jump over to let's jump over to defense here. Uh is there any anybody that sticks out to you that's in the low tier range that you have any interest in? I'm playing the Bengals and I'm moving on. Yeah, I'm not I'm really not I'm telling you, man, I, I'm personally not on that Bengals Bills game much. So twenty four hundred dollar yep. Bengals D and they've been a solid defensive unit all year. Like even they when scored they scored like double D double digit, like what is it, like the last four weeks in a row? Yeah, and like they've there? never they've never just gotten <laughs> nuked by opposing opposing offenses either. I mean I guess there's been a couple road games where they have like they give up thirty to the Steelers and there's another thirty point game they had, but I mean they only gave up twenty seven to Kansas City and um I think that might have been in Cincinnati though. I can't remember. But yeah, twenty four hundred dollars for the Bengals and then if you can afford the Bills, I like the Bills D as well against that banged up uh O line for Cincinnati. I'm playing Cincinnati or I'm playing Jacksonville. That that's really where I'm at. I'm just I'm punting it like if the Bills and, and Bengals game fails, it's because the Bengals or the Bills defense goes off for both of them. Um, and just like we're talking about Cincinnati, like Buffalo's offensive line has not been great all year. Josh both Allen teams love to really throw. prone. Yep, both teams love to throw. Um, and Jacksonville like talked about like their top five in pressure rate. The problem is that like I'm I'm not gonna have as much exposure to them, but like look. If they're the last one in, or I don't have the money, and they're the rest of the build, I, I don't give a shit. Like I never care about defense, man. Like it's like whatever fits that I can fit everybody else in. The I mean, they, shoot, the only- I played uh, I played the Colts on that. What was the 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 three day sl- the three game slate where it was the Colts blew a thirty something point lead. I played Colts D and they scored like two touchdowns in the first like five minutes, and they were they were like the men price defense, and everybody played Minnesota on the other side, but. I had Colts D because they were the men price defense, not because I liked them, just because they were the last last guy in, like you're like you're saying. And Colts defense ended up with like twenty five points. Well, just like last week, everybody was so damn sure that Buffalo was going to rock the Dolphins, and the Dolphins were the one of the best defensive plays in the yep. entire freaking slate. Like, mm-hmm. just go the opposite. Like, you know, everybody's going to be like, oh. Buffalo is going to, or, you know, whatever the popular team is that's going to trounce somebody else, just play the damn defense or play the leverage, man. You can also, you can also play Jacksonville D with Chiefs players because you throw all those rules. If Mahomes throws a pick six early, if he throws a pick six early and he's down 7 0, you know, all all bets are off from, from that point on. I mean, for me, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm going to play the leverage. I'm going to sit there and go against the narratives on most of this stuff. And the other thing, you you can get exposure. It's like, okay, well, how does that game fail? How does Chase fail? Okay, well, Tyler Boyd goes for a big game. All right, well, I'm just going to pair Tyler Boyd with the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Okay, cool. Move on. Yeah, I mean, I so if you just look at it, one, I mean, I do think Dallas is an interesting uh, defense to use as well. Um they have one of the highest – what, they have the second highest adjusted sack rate in the league. Um, 
right behind Philadelphia, who has just a ridiculous 70 sacks this year. Um, <laughs> it's not fucking close. They're, the they're really good at getting after the quarterback. Yeah, 70 sacks. I think the next closest is 55, and that's the Chiefs. Who's the next close? Yeah, yeah. Chiefs are the next closest at 55. It's 70. I want to throw – I'll throw this out here too. I think the Eagles' defense is the worst play on the slate, straight up. The Gi- the Giants limit turnovers like it's nobody else's business. I I would not even consider the Eagles defense. No, yeah, I was just I was uh, you know Dallas as well. I think uh, you know maybe uh, maybe and it's start. it's it's Brock Purdy right in his second career playoff right. start. Anything 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 goes sideways. Maybe Turpin can finally take one back to the house. You know, dude, I know we've been saying it all year. It's gonna <laughs> happen. Maybe this is the spot it happens. But he, you know, thirty-one or three K. You know, they're kind of middle of the pack there of, of yeah. defenses. So I don't hate. Like, you want to do that, like instead of going down because man, I don't know if I can do Jacksonville. Like, yeah, anything is possible. Maybe they, you know, they get a strip sack or you know, Mahomes does, you know, does make some stupid decisions at times. You know, go twenty-two hundred dollar Jags, but I don't know. But I think three K Cowboys, I think, could be the uh, a nice little record. Yeah, I like that call, and then just pair them with. Um, you know, like a mini stack or something like that, like CMC and Schultz and play Dallas D or something like that for the value. Yeah. So, well, I think I don't really need to get too much further down the road of defenses. Uh, we made it through. I mean, not not too crazy, especially with three people on an hour and 24 minutes, but we're not done. We still got I was like to say, we still have that. All that means is we have like about 40 minutes to build the lineup. That's all I heard. <laughs> yep, yeah. Yep. Uh, Matty D will not make it to the end of that if we're taking forty minutes to build the lineup. <laughs> all right, you you can hop off, Matty. We got we got this. It's okay. <laughs> Gramp, Gramps needs to get to bed. It's okay, so, football. Let's let's build this lineup on DraftKings. Uh, D bro, you started off. You're the guest. Uh, where am I going? Um, CMC. Um. Kelsey. Oh, I was gonna say, do it, Maddie. Come on, do it. That's where this this is where my build will start this week. CMC and Kelsey, and I'm figuring out the same. Rest. Same. Trevor Lawrence. Love it. Um, Christian Kirk. Zay Jones. How much money we got left? Forty four hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, forty four per. For running, running back, back receiver, receiver flex, flex defense. Um, how much we have left plugging in the, like the Bengals D? Well, you skipped over Kev. Kev gets to go. No, no, no. I was just curious. Uh, uh 5K. So we plug in then. It takes us up okay. to $5,066 okay. per position if we plug in back. Okay. All right. It's up to you, Kev. Oh, man, I already locked in the Bengals. We might as well just get that out of the way. Right. Um, yeah, same. You know what? We talked about it. We're going to do it. It works out in the flex, too. We're going to go Dalton Schultz. All right. So I'll leave 5,500 for a running back and a wide receiver. All right. Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking through, I'm thinking through two V2s on my, in my head. Um, so, so you only, do, we only we only got running do, back and wide receiver. Yeah, you can do Sanders at running back, and then that leaves you Juju, IU, Hodgins, Gabe Davis, Tony. Uh, um, you can do 
Well, we said we weren't thinking. playing McKinnon, so. I'll... What if you so? Because I was thinking what, about I was so thinking about since you're, Tony, you, but. Or what if you do Pacheco? Because if oh, if you're if, if you're not playing if you're not playing Trevor Lawrence or if you're playing Trevor Lawrence with a thought process of you know obviously the salary, but also if Patrick Holmes doesn't necessarily get there, how does that happen? Well, obviously Travis Kelsey's gonna you know go off, but at the same time. That would also tell me that maybe Pacheco finds the end zone a couple of times or something like that, at least as a uh, as a piece. But that's I'm going to play that process. I, but I also I, don't really love the ceiling that it, that we've already talked about. So we talked about well, uh, Kadarius Tony. So we can we can change our defense. We don't have. I was to play the say Bengals. we could we could go up to Dallas if we play Sanders or something like that. Can we get to them? Yeah, we can play Dallas, and then we can play one of Pollard, McKinnon, and Sanders. We have we can we have salary for all three of those. I mean, I don't I don't mind going to Juju if y'all want to do that too. Like to me, it's just it's getting. But we talked I, about. I don't want to play have, Juju and Kelsey no, together. That's, though. Yeah, I was fixing to say we already have Kelsey, so I don't want to do that. So uh, yeah, Tony, I'm gonna stick with Tony, and we could just kind of figure the rest of the build if we want to move things around. The other option is to go up to Mahomes and then drop down off Kirk. But then you're just completely changing the build <laughs> at that point. But I mean, like playing these value guys, so like playing Zay Jones, Tony, and Schultz, you absolutely can fit Mahomes. That's fair. Because like you can play Mahomes, take off Kirk, and I put in, we'll just say Miles Sanders just for shits and giggles. It leaves me a $4,600 receiver. Like Tyler Boyd, Boyd, Richie James, uh, Hodgins is up to what forty nine hundred though. Well, that's with Cowboys D also. So like I could drop that down to the Bengals. Drop back down I, to the Bengals, and what are we? Then at? I've got fifty two hundred for receiver. Juju Ayuk. But we don't want to play Juju and and get Aries, Tony. Yeah, so you can or- have. You could have Mahomes, CMC, Sanders, Ayuk, Zay Jones, Tony, Kelsey, Schultz, and Bengals D with two hundred left over. Like that's a that's a solid Mahomes build, but that's if you're blowing up the the Trevor Lawrence build, which I don't necessarily think we should do. No, I think we should stay on Trevor. Or if we go up, we just single like skinny Trevor up with with Christian Kirk, and we go out get off of Zay. But I think if you're looking at Trevor hitting a ceiling, it's probably with a double stack. So we need either Zay or Evan Ingram. Yep. Because <laughs> you could just not play Zay and play uh, Debo. I was fixing to say I I would like. Damn, I don't like that a lot. Because you you could single Lawrence with Kirk, so it would be Lawrence, CMC, Sanders, Kirk, Debo, Tony, Kelsey. Schultz, Bengals D. Oh, I like that a lot. Zero dollars remaining. Oh, I like that a lot. And even if you wanted to get off of Tony, um, you could you also go to James. Or you could play Boyd. I lo- Dude, I think there's so much value on this slate that, like, you could jam in so many high-priced guys. I just – I love this slate so much. Yeah, it's a fun one. I like that build you came up with, though, Matty. Like what was it again? Uh, Lawrence, McCaffrey, Sanders, Kirk, Debo, Tony, 
Kelsey, Schultz, Bengals D, zero dollars left over. Oh, that's so sexy too. You have like a it's Debo a, and uh, Schultz mini. You have Kelsey yeah, a, and yep. Jags. You're yep. basically getting the exposure to like everything. The only thing I don't necessarily love is just one receiver with Lawrence, but I, I mean, if it's just like if Kirk is the one that goes off, I mean. Well, the other thing is you're play. playing the leverage that somebody in that lower range that's be less on than Zay is the one that outscores him. Is that's all the only bet that you're making? We could also come off a of Tony and get a Richie James, get the mini for the uh, the Eagles and Giants game if we wanted to. I really wanted to play AJ Brown, but I was trying to figure <laughs> out a way to do it. <laughs> oh man, we we could. We can blow the whole damn thing up, play AJ Brown. Well, then yeah, we'd have to do it. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd have to nuke it. Yep. Yeah. Or you, I guess you would have to come off Kelsey and not play Kelsey, and then you'd have to play like Juju and say. Uh, no. Uh, you definitely have to come off Debo. Oh, okay. So here's how you would do it you would play Zay Jones over Kirk. Seventy two hundred leaves you with Devontae Smith, AJ Brown. I would need four hundred dollars for that. Or you don't play Schultz and get down to what Ingram? Swap Tony. You'd have to swap Tony to Richie James probably because that's two hundred more. Then you can play yeah. Jags D and it would fit. <laughs> All right, I'm fine with it. Man, I wish there was AJ a cheaper. Brown. I wish there was just like a like a cheaper like running back that you felt like just like good about. Oh, it's so bad this week. I mean, yeah. sure, you could play like Singletary or James Cook, mm-hmm. you know, but it feels super gross. thin. It's too thin to me. Like, you just, we're, I don't know. It's it's hoping and praying that one of them gets like 12 to 15 points and makes the optimal. All of those running backs, those thinner running back plays, I'd much rather just play the wide receivers in that price range. That's the problem for me. Yeah, Kev, that swap is that swap fits perfectly for Devontae Smith, but or that four hundred dollars is. Really I don't know how I feel about playing these two together, but what you could do is this: so you could play Trevor Lawrence with Zay Jones, but man, you're only playing one Jacksonville player. Yeah, so that's yeah. tough to to to, uh, to do. But because what you could do is you could do that with Kadarius Tony and Kelsey. Um, then you'd have McCaffrey. And Miles Sanders, and then you'd play Zay Jones, AJ Brown, Kadarius Tony, Travis Kelsey, and then play Michael Gallup in the flex. Yep. With yeah, I saw that too. What's Gallup's price? 3800 So you get a little mini there with Dallas. San Francisco. Do we have anything so, left over, or is that pulling everything? No, that is, that is, that is no monies. Yeah, that's. No or chicken I guess if you bone. wanted to, you you could not play Gallup, and you could play Marvin Jones. Then you'd have your two wide receivers. Now that's a little bit more thin. You know, you could do that too if you wanted your, your uh, the the double. Or back. you could play Gallup <laughs> and swap Lawrence to Dak, and you you still have a double double Dak stack instead. With who? Schultz and Lamb. Schultz and Gallup. Oh, Schultz and Gallup. Yeah. I'm not much on Gallup this week. I think he's a trap. Yeah. Playing Gallup there is just solely to get A.J. Brown in. Yeah. I'd rather just find the 100 and get Which, this is, this is exa- this is exactly why A.J. Brown's going to be un- unowned. It's, it's tough to fit him. Well, yeah, if you're paying up for Kelsey, right? So, like, if you yeah. just 
or if you're paying up for Chris McCaffrey, I guess. But what, what like, about I, this? I had, you like, said to me, Tony's still in this lineup. Let, let me like yes, yeah. We could go Tony to Tyler Boyd and get the extra hundred to get up from Gallup to Richard James. Or <laughs> or I guess you could just keep Schultz. Actually, wait, I didn't think of that route. I'm just dropping Tony. Only playing one Chief because I mean that's your run back would be Kelsey expecting him to go off. You keep yep. Schultz. Instead of doing that, and that still leaves you $3,700, which is kind of thin, but then you could still get Marvin Jones. All, all roads lead back to Marvin Jones. <laughs> <laughs> or if, because like I don't love playing AJ Brown and Sanders together. Okay. Um, the issue is there's just no cheaper running back than Sanders. I still think, I still like, if, I, I think if I was doing it, I think I would, I would plug in Pacheco. If this was my lineup and I was building it, I think I would go to Pacheco, sacrifice that, and then go to Pacheco, expecting you know that if he could punch one in, and that that would leave you with like a Richie James or a Michael Gallup that you could plug in, which I don't think you need to go to Dallas. So then you could go you know Richie James or something like that if you want, as a as a little mini correlation with Richie James and AJ Brown. I know it doesn't feel great with Pacheco, but I still think he has like 15 point upside, which is enough that what what can give you with the rest of the stack. Because from there, uh, you would have Lawrence, Chris well, McCaffrey, Pacheco, Pacheco Zay Jones, AJ Brown, Richie James, Kelsey, yep. and Schultz. Run it. I'm down with it. Or would you have enough to do Ingram, or is he is he more? It's forty what forty three? You could do oh. that. So actually, what you could do, <laughs> we just keep fucking do this all <laughs> fucking night. But you could go back off Schultz, play Evan Ingram. So then you'd have your double stack with Zay and Evan Ingram. You'd have Michael Gallup at at uh, at wide receiver instead of Richie James. So that would be Trevor Lawrence, Chris McCaffrey, Pacheco, Zay Jones, A.J. Brown, Michael Gallup, Kelsey, Evan Ingram, and Bengals team. This is, and this is the life of building lineups on a four-game slate. <laughs> Trying to fit in all the dudes. I was fixing to say we could do this all night. I don't think, I don't think we've ever had a lineup built. Normally they're like three minutes. And this is, this yeah, is I know. So... Is this what you guys want to lock in? Are you guys good with it at this point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it. I consider we could do two V2s for the next, like, hour and a half. I mean, we got 22 more minutes, um, so we can talk through <laughs> some more 2v2s. No, I'm out. I'm, I'm, fine. I'm fine with <laughs> No, we're not doing that. All right. So, anyways, I appreciate you checking it out. Catch y'all later. We will, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, lock it in here. This is what we're locking in. No money remaining. Uh, I think it's a pretty good lineup. Lawrence McCaffrey, Pacheco, Joe, Zay Jones, AJ Brown, Michael Gallup, Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram, Bengals D. And that will do it for the DFS DJ Nation for the divisional round. We'll be back again next week for the championship week, which I think no matter which way you slice it, I think it's going to be really good, whether that is uh, whatever these matchups could be. So, the you know, championship week. Only have a few more weeks left after this. We'll have that, and then we'll also have some showdown. We'll talk about the Super Bowl once that gets here. Is DK going to have the uh, the flag football? Because they they normally had the Pro Bowl. I know. I don't know. Maybe they will, or some skills competition type stuff. That would be uh, build a lot through cool. that. Dude, I will. Uh, I will play the shit out of some flag football DFS. <laughs> Let's go. I would love. I, I'll write a damn article on it. I don't. <laughs> I don't give a. <laughs> that would be. That would be, that would be f- f- fantastic. So, anyways, I appreciate you rock with us. Uh, this went a little bit longer than we normally do, but. Uh, wouldn't have it any other way. I appreciate you joining us, D-Bro, on the road. 
heading Always, back baby. from Disneyland or Disney World. Um, we got to get out of here because Maddie is about to fall asleep. This is way past his bedtime. He's a Aww. man now. He had, had daddy, daddy, DF, Maddie DFS over here. Is, uh, you know, daddy DFS. <laughs> That's a good handle. That's that. a good handle. Yeah. So I appreciate everybody rocking with us. We'll be back again next week for the championship round. Let's win some money this week. If you would like, you can jump into our Discord. It's absolutely free as well. Or we have a DFS channel in there as well. So everybody, have a good rest of the night. Have a good weekend. Let's enjoy some good football this weekend. And we'll see you guys again next week. We out! Think you can tell me what to do? You know who you're talking to? But you better get used to the way the war bounces. I see what you got in bitches and ounces. But that's a break, boy. You're a big man <laughs> Treat you like you're a little man Tell me what to do You know who you're talking to Just stop wanting me to be someone else